Worship, stand as we welcome. We've welcomed each other. Let's welcome, let's welcome God by the Holy Spirit to come and work amongst us this morning. Let's pray together, shall we? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this wonderful, amazing Easter morning. Thank you we can gather together, brothers and sisters, different congregations, one church here in North London. We thank you so much we can celebrate that we, our hearts are full of your wonderful joy this morning. We ask, we invite you, God, Holy Spirit, would you come and help us? Would you come and help us to love you, to give you thanks, to give you praise? Help us this morning to worship Jesus. Yes, Lord. And Jesus, we ask you, would you come and walk amongst your church today? Would you do that amazing thing of building your church, of us as living stones here in this assembly hall? Would you come today and do a miracle of building your church? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I know you've come from heaven above. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I know you come from heaven above. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. Good morning, Jesus. In a short while, it's written by uh, our uh, dear, beloved brother, Graham Kendrick, and uh, it is uh, called A Crucified Man. And this story, um, you will get it as the, the word uh, plays on and comes on the screen. Uh, there's there's a, a, a vital question in the song. What's your worth? Have you ever put yourself on the scale and asked yourself, what's your worth? What's your worth? What's your worth? If you're anything like me, I'm cheap. One pound. But you know until the price is paid. We wouldn't know the price of diamond until the price is paid. And the price that was paid was, you got it. So as the song uh, and the images come there, please, it's a meditation, it's a chance just to reflect on the cross. If you're visiting today, there's no obligation to give. Um, it's just an opportunity, whilst we have this meditation, to think, to pray. Uh, yeah, giving envelopes, they're over on the back. Actually, Nick's got some in his hand there. So, Phil, could we have the music, please? That's great. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for welcoming us. I guess I speak on behalf, not just me, but of Revelation Church. I want to speak to our dear friends at uh, New Life and Chalk Farm. We are so, um, we need this. This is so great for us. We are blessed by uh, our relationship with you. We're strengthened by it. We're enriched by it. And just so, thank you so much for uh, whoever thought of this brilliant idea to do this on Easter Sunday. It's good, guys. I thought of it, apparently. Oh, great. Brilliant. Good idea. Um, I was talking to someone from New Life uh, at the beginning, and I won't mention any names, uh, but uh, he said to me that it, it's, it's, it would be nice to have a different voice this Sunday. And uh, he, he, was, 
He was, he was insistent on the brilliant preaching that you get week by week here. But he said, it's just nice to have a change. I said, yeah, well, uh, in that case, I feel sorry for the people from Rev. <laughs> because they don't get that this week. So I'm sorry. But we've been so well served by Jules and the band. It's a great privilege to thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, wow. This is, this is a real, a real honour to be able to uh, uh, speak from the Bible uh, and, and teach today. Thank you so much for um, opening your ears and opening your hearts um, to me. Um, today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Wow. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? Um, and we all know... We all know that when Easter comes that, you know, I'm, I'm up for chocolate as much as the next person. My friends will vouch for that. Um, and uh, Easter bunnies, I'm, I'm cool with that. And uh, all, all holidays, time off school and all of that is great. But there's one non-negotiable about Easter and that's the resurrection of Jesus. Um, that is the thing that we hold on to um, and that we uh, live for, that we live in the good of day in and day out, not just Easter Sunday. Um, but the Bible is very clear that if Jesus didn't die, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then our faith is in vain, and that we are still dead in our sins. It's as serious as that. And so, for those of you who are among us today as guests, maybe you are um, not quite sure where you stand, where you, what you believe at the moment. Maybe you're working it out. Maybe you're asking questions. Maybe you're not even asking questions, but you're, you're visiting family and you've, you've wound up in this room and you're like, well, "How did I get here?" Um, I think it's important that you know that for those of us here that are Christians, that we absolutely believe and from the bottom of our hearts that Jesus was raised from the dead. Uh, physically raised from the dead uh, and alive now with the power of an indestructible life forever. Uh, and that without that, uh, our faith is in vain and we are still dead in our sins. It's not, it's not just a nice idea, a nice uh, additional thing. It is the absolute core uh, of, of our belief that Jesus has beaten death. That God the Father has vouched for this man Jesus that he really is his eternal son by raising him from the dead. This is, this is at the heart uh, of Christian belief. And it's important that you understand that. And it's important for those of us who know and love the Lord Jesus that we are shored up and uh, strengthened in the truth of that once again today. Wonderfully, I'm, I'm going to preach from the story of Lazarus today. I had no idea that that would be the uh, thing. And... Um, as I was before God, I felt led to that story. So that's a nice, uh, wonderful bit of coming together by the Holy Spirit. And it saves us a bit of time because I haven't got to go through the whole background of the story, which I was going to. It's a very long story in John chapter 11. Lots of verses are given to it. So I was going to give you a build up just so you, 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 you knew it if you're not familiar with it. But if you were concentrating in the play, uh, then you, you, know, you know what's happened. So I'm going to pick up the story in, in John chapter 11 where Jesus has arrived by this point. And uh, Martha has gone out to meet uh, Jesus and she's basically said, why did you take so long? If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And as we look at this story, I want to look at uh, resurrection. I want to look at the subject of resurrection. I want to look at the resurrection of the dead that the Bible talks about. I want to look at the resurrection of Jesus. And I want to look at, maybe we could use the word resurrection, but it's the resurrection that we experience on the inside now as we come to know the resurrected one, Jesus. I want to look at that through this story today. So we're going to pick up this story. Martha's just said to him, um, if you'd been in my brother wouldn't have died, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. John 11, verse 23, we'll pick up the story. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know 
that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who, saw, and when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? And then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odour. He's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father... I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Father, thank you for this wonderful account of this true incident. Um, we just thank you for the, the person of your son, Jesus Christ, the resurrection and the life. I pray for the power of Jesus to be uh, at work, released into hearts and minds all across this room today by the Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Lord. We expect much of you this morning. We expect you to do great and mighty things. Particularly for the Lord wants to minister to some of you in the room where this, this part of the story where they said, couldn't he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? It was like it, it, the miracle could have happened then, but now, now this has happened, it's really beyond hope. And that's the mentality. But Jesus comes in and turns it around. I pray, Father, for those who are sitting in the room and it feels like uh, the, the time has gone. It feels like the, the, uh, that thing has happened now. Um, and, and even death of some sort has set in. I pray for the power of the resurrection of Jesus to turn that thing around in the spirit and in hearts and minds and that fresh faith would be born today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I just want to look at uh, this story. I want to firstly focus on the idea that the Christian teaching, the Bible teaching, that there will one day be a final resurrection, the resurrection of the dead. We see it mentioned in this story. Uh, Jesus says to Martha, your brother will rise again. She immediately assumes he's talking about the final day, the day of days. That final day where all will be raised from the dead one way or another, where uh, in some form, in some way, somehow, Both the great and the small, the Bible says, 
will be raised and will take their stand before the judgment seat, before the throne of God. I don't want to focus on that today, but I want to refer to it because the Bible talks about this as really the climax of history, that a day is coming when everything will be brought together, where, where the, the whole narrative, the whole storyline of life will come to its conclusion, that it's, that it's not a cyclical thing where part of it's linear. It had a beginning and it will have an end. And that end will be where everyone who has ever lived, great and small, significant and apparently insignificant, whether you consider yourself worth a million or worth a pound, everyone will take their stand before the throne of God, the resurrection of the dead. Martha knew about it. She said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. It's good to know that. It's a good, uh, a good foundation to have theologically in your mind that that day is coming. It obviously affects and impacts the way we live, the way we think about life, the way we think about how we live, the way we think about how we speak, the way we think about the state of our heart. It's important to know that and to understand that. But I guess that for some of you here, you might be asking the question, well, how can we be sure that will really happen? Even if you call yourself a believer, there can be doubts around this kind of thing. You can look at life and sometimes you think it doesn't seem to be really adding up. It seems sometimes more random than than orchestrated. You can think to yourself, how do I really, really know? Well, the Bible gives us an answer to how we can know that will really happen. And the answer to that is that Jesus himself was raised from the dead. Now, I want to explain that to you. But that's the answer to that question. So if you're starting there and saying, how can I be sure? The answer the Bible gives is that Jesus was raised from the dead. Therefore, that's going to happen. I'm going to explain how that works right now. But I want to bring us on to the second element of resurrection today. Where there's this wonderful moment where she says, I know he's going to be raised. She says something theologically true. She says something, she's like, she's, good. she's a good Bible woman. She understands Bible teaching. There's a resurrection coming. So she says something that's correct. But Jesus says something that is, uh, how can I put it, more correct. It's not that it's wrong, it's totally correct. There's a resurrection on the last day. But it's like, there's truth and then there's truth. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And it's an astonishing thing. You, throughout particularly the Gospel of John, you find these I am sayings. And they're so significant because throughout the Old Testament, the part of the Bible before Jesus came, God reveals himself by his, his covenant name. He reveals himself as I am who I am. So every time Jesus says I am, I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. I am the resurrection and the life. He's not just saying impressive things about himself. He's saying I'm the Lord. I'm the covenant God of the Old Testament. So it's an extraordinary thing. In fact, it's so powerful that we read that just before Jesus was arrested, Jesus said, who are you looking for? They said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. They fell down backwards. The sheer power of that statement. This is powerful stuff we're dealing with here. And Jesus looks this wonderful, loving, devoted disciple Martha in the eyes who's theologically sound and knows her Bible. And he says, there's something else you need to know. I am the resurrection and the life. There are numbers of reasons why Jesus was able to be raised from the dead. Maybe the main one is this, is that he is the resurrection. How can you keep the resurrection in a tomb? That doesn't work. You haven't got to be a rocket scientist to understand that once you bury the resurrection, it's not going to last long. Okay, The resurrection is going to be raised from the dead. It's who he is. He's the living God and the God of all life. 
He will be raised from the dead. There are other reasons, reasons like the fact that he was sinless. And so that as he descends to the deepest, darkest parts of whatever you want to call it, whatever your theological position in, where did he go during those three days and all of that. But wherever he descended and whatever he did there, death had no hold on him. Why? Because he was sinless. There was no claim. There was nothing, nothing for sin to get its claws into. You can't keep a hold of this man. Why? He hasn't sinned. Tempted in every way and yet without sin. Fully human, tempted in every way like we are, and yet resisted every time. This is our Jesus. He's the resurrection, and he's the life. But the Bible says this extraordinary thing in the book of 1 Corinthians about him. It describes him when talking about his resurrection in these terms. It says, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now that term, fallen asleep, is a New Testament term talking about what happens when believers die. Because pretty much that's all it amounts to. When you trust yourself to the resurrection, your death is really a matter of falling asleep. But this phrase is used, Jesus is the first fruits of those who have died as Christians. Now what does that mean? Well, in, the, in, in, in these times and times before, if you lift off of the land, the, the Israel, Israeli people, what they would do is the Hebrews, they, as, their, as the first element of their harvest grew and came, came out and you saw the first bit of their harvest, they would take the first fruits And they would offer it to God as a thanksgiving to God and also in expectation of what is to come. Because the first bits come, we know the whole harvest is coming. It's going to be a great year. And that's what the Bible is teaching. Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead means that we will in him be raised from the dead. He's the first fruits. There is substance to this. It's not just, wow, look at what Jesus did. Isn't he amazing? Yes, true, but there's more truth. And the truth that gets built on it is this. If you are in him, you're part of the same harvest. The harvest of a brand new humanity. Not under Adam anymore, but under Jesus, who are destined for eternal life. This is extraordinary. How can you be sure about this final last resurrection? Because Jesus has been raised from the dead and in him is life. And life in abundance. This passage in 1 Corinthians says something else interesting. It says, as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. As in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. My wife told me of a t-shirt she saw in a shop the other day. uh, and, And it went something like this. There have been three apples that have changed the world. Adam's apple, Isaac's apple, Isaac Newton. The apple dropping on his head. And Steve's apple. Steve Jobs. And uh, I don't know what what apple you think has most impact on your life. I don't know. I tell you, the, the, the apple that has had greatest impact on every human being is Adam's apple. Not that it was probably an apple. But this this forbidden fruit. This moment where Adam and Eve leapt for the throne. Made a leap for autonomy, independence. We don't want to do it your way. And they were told the whole of creation has sort of descended into a kind of a futility, the Bible is the word uses. It's kind of in this, it's not what it was anymore. It's been bent out of shape by this sin. And we're all born into that and affected inside by that. This Adam, this Adam heart, this heart that doesn't want to submit to God, but wants to do what I want to do. This Adam mentality, this disobedience, this condemnation. Listen to this. As in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. If you've experienced anything of failure, disappointment, darkness, sadness, death in your life, that is evidence that you are part of creation under Adam. In Adam, all die. So that's certain. 
just as certain, if you are in Christ, you shall be made alive. So that's a good thing, but then we have to ask the question, how can we be sure if Jesus was raised? Final question. So how can we be sure of the resurrection of the dead? Well, Jesus was raised. Hold on. How can we be sure Jesus was raised? Important question. It's the final question of the day. Well, there's all kinds of books talking about evidence, which is very good and very worth reading. Things like Evidence That Demands a Verdict. There's some really, really good books talking about the creation account, making some very, very strong arguments. I recommend, if you've got questions about the resurrection, to read books like that. They're brilliant and they're really, really strong. I'm not going to focus on those bits today. I'm going to focus on one other element, and it's this. It's that when you touch Jesus now, when you come into relationship with Jesus now, resurrection begins now. Something supernatural happens whereby when you entrust yourself to him, resurrection life that will one day pervade the whole universe and and reach as far as to our own brand new bodies and all of that, but that resurrection life starts in the heart now. The Bible calls it being born again. It's supernatural. It's much more than psychological. It's not simply sentimental. It's supernatural. Your center is changed. Something happens. The Bible describes it in various images. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the Bible says, instead of God's commands being written on stones as they were, and we're this outside of us and we know what we should do, but you know, now they are written on our hearts. And there's this internal desire to do God's will. The Bible talks about the heart of stone being taken out and the heart of flesh being put in. It's a miracle where the resurrection life of Jesus begins going to work inside of you and it kickstarts resurrection so that you go from one degree of glory to another. So that even though your outer man wastes away, your inner man is renewed day by day. It's an absolute miracle. And we see it happen in this story. We see it happen at the end. Because when, Je- when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, do you know what? Lazarus, Lazarus died afterwards. A few years, decades later, he died again. What, what, what Jesus did to Lazarus wasn't the, wasn't the resurrection in the same way that what, what happened to Jesus from the tomb. He wasn't given a brand new body, but it speaks of new life in Jesus. It's an image, it's a picture of what new life in Jesus looks like. And the interesting thing I want to point out to you here is that faith is the key. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the glory of God? It's very simple. Jesus speaks quite a lot about faith and childlike faith. Not, not in order to mean that we have to throw our minds away to be believers at all. But there, is, there does come a point where analysis has to stop. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, childlike trust begins. And at that point, we begin to see the glory of God. Our eyes are opened. Suddenly everything looks different. I love this moment. He calls Lazarus out of the tomb. And then, he, and then he says, that's not, but the job's not done. The guy's still all wrapped up in toilet roll or whatever it is. We always use toilet roll in our little plays, don't we? Can you imagine this man walks out of the tomb? He's still wrapped up. I mean, he probably bumped into the wall a few times. You know, it's not a pretty sight. He's coming out and Jesus takes attention and says, I want you to unbind him and let him go. And these are the two things I want to just finish by saying. I, I, as I was preparing this, um, this sermon I feel that, the, the, that for some here today, it's, it's that Lazarus come out. It's, it is your day to be born again. It is your day to, to come to know Christ and experience this new life for the first time. You may have been around the churches for years. You may, you may be new to this. But in that sense, that miracle on the inside, you're not sure that's ever happened. It's not externals and just going through the motions. It's where on the inside, you come alive to God through faith in Jesus. Come out. There's that, there's that word that Jesus speaks that wakes us out of our slumber, wakes us out of our death. 
and brings us into relationship with God. But you know, you can be alive, you can be alive to God in that sense, but you still, you still resemble more what was. You're covered in your grave clothes, you resemble more what was than what now is. You see, there's a very important walking out and unbinding of things that were to do with what was. That's a process, it involves other people. Uh, Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. It's not something you just do in isolation. God provides brothers and sisters to help us walk out of the old and into the new. That's very important. It's very practical. I love the practicality of Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, well, look, he's okay, he's alive now. I mean, that's, surely that's enough. <laughs> Would it have been enough? Imagine that, to have been kept in his grave clothes. It's a ridiculous image, but it's important because there's a spiritual parallel. Well, you can be made alive to God, but you're still living covered and really cloaked and almost perhaps suffocated by what was. And Jesus says, you are to be unbound and let go. You are to walk in the fullness of all that he has brought for you. Nothing and no one else, no circumstance, no other person, no other voice in your head has the authority to keep you in those grave clothes. Amen? It's the power and the authority of Jesus in the gospel. There's a, there's a constant walking out. This isn't, you know, this is, this, is, this is a true story, but it gives us a spiritual image. But there's this constant, we're walking out of the old and into the new. We're walking out of the darkness and into the light. Why? Because Jesus has transferred us from the darkness to the light. And so now we're learning to live up to what he has made us by his grace which is alive to God and the light of the world. And I want to finish by just saying, how, how does Jesus, how does he have the authority to do this? Here's how. The Bible says that he, by the grace of God, tasted death for everyone. On the cross, Jesus took Lazarus' place. On the cross, Jesus took your place. This is a real powerful transaction and exchange. You must not let familiarity rob you of its power. He tasted death for everyone. So that why? So we walk in newness of life. He entered the deepest, deepest darkness. Why? So that we might learn to walk in the light. He's done it. The price has been paid. So it's an it's a awfully serious and solemn transaction. But the transaction primarily is one that Jesus did at the cross. We simply come to his cross, his work, his grace, and we receive this as a gift. And then by his power, learn to walk in it. I want us to just be quiet for a moment while we just let these words sink in and give people a chance to respond to this message. And I think I'm probably going to ask people to stand in just a moment so we can just pray for you, minister to you. And In a moment, I'm going to ask those of you to stand. You just know it's today's a day. For some, as I'm talking, what it feels like by the Holy Spirit is that uh, there are some of you in the room and it, um, it just doesn't feel settled in terms of you, you 100%, you can't say for sure 100% that you've, you've come to Christ and closed the deal. You said, I'm yours, I'm fully yours. And so you're not even quite sure where you're at. God knows, but there's a sense in which you want to settle it. And I'm going to ask you to stand in just a moment. And really what you're doing is you're, you're responding to this, Lazarus, come out. You're hearing your name spoken and it's come out. And then the other category of people will be those who uh, would, would describe, you know that you're born again. You know you know the life of God in you. But you're very aware of these grave clothes, certain areas, elements. And it's like we, we all, we're all constantly walking out of the old and into the new. So it's not like a special category. But you just know today is a, a day where you need to say, do you know what? Enough, enough uh, of that way of thinking which just says it is what it is. I want to I I step out in faith today and believe Jesus for newness, light, transformation and all those things. So let's just be still for a moment and we'll just let the Holy Spirit work in people's hearts. We haven't got to make anything happen, drum anything up. The Holy Spirit knows, all, knows what he's doing and he loves us 
And the Father and the Son send him and he does beautiful things in our lives that, that are beyond comparison with anything else. So Lord, we, we just want to be still before you for a moment now. Uh, we ask, we thank you for the way that you work. That, that you don't uh, coerce us, you don't, it's not like external pressure. Thank you that you work in a powerful way on the inside. For good, always for good, always for good. And I pray Lord that you would restore um, faith where it's been robbed today. We know that we can just be robbed. Even sometimes suddenly, sometimes very subtly, and then suddenly we realise, oh, hold on, what's happened there? Uh, I just thank you that you love to restore that childlike faith. So, Lord, just be working, I pray. Just be working, Lord. Thank you for this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you for all that it represents. We just speak new life, new life over this place, over hearts and minds. New life over souls. New life. As I was walking in today, I saw three signs. I walked in this course, saw three signs. I loved it. It didn't say, none of them said New Life Church. All of them just said New Life. I loved it. It's like, follow those signs and something's going on in there that could lead to New Life. I thought, oh, amen. Amen. I'm just going to ask you all around this room, wherever you are, if you, you know that the Holy Spirit's just pierced your heart in some way and you, know, you just want to respond. No one's going to jump on you or do anything crazy but we just want to pray for you and bless you if you, you just you know you just know that there needs to be some sort of heart response to the Lord sometimes it can be quite a powerful thing to just make it public so you just stand where you are and I'm going to we're going to pray for you and, and then we'll probably end with a song or something so just stand where you are as you, as you stand just lift your heart to God because of all that Jesus has done we can come straight to God through him I have no special access or special powers at all. It's all Jesus. He's the mediator between God and men. So you just draw near to God in your heart. And if you've stood and you've never really prayed before, then the Bible just says that if you call on the name of the Lord, he'll save you. So if you just stand, if, you, if that's you, you just start just calling out to Jesus. Just say, Jesus. Just call on his name. Call on his name. He searches the heart and he'll, 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 he'll rescue you. He'll rescue you. I'm going to pray in a moment, but I just think it's so important that no one looks to me, but you look to the true mediator. You come to the Father through Jesus. Let faith rise, Lord, I pray. Let faith come. Holy Spirit, I pray you bring gifts of fresh faith all across this room. Fresh faith. I pray for you bring healing. Some of you just know you need healing. There's a healing work. The Spirit of God's going to do. I just see the oil of healing the Bible talks about. Just open your heart. Some of you, you haven't stood for whatever reason, but you know the Lord needs to do this. Just open your heart where you are. God is bigger than standing and sitting. Just ask, open your heart. Lord, we just pray for oil of healing to come across this room. Bring healing, Lord. Thank you. You love to bind up the broken hearts. Bring healing. Some of you have faced real trauma lately. Real, tra- real trauma. And it's really got into you. We just want to pray that the power of that would be broken in the name of Jesus. Pray for the power of that to be broken in the name of Jesus. Internal conflict, such huge, just like an internal earthquake has gone on. Lord, we just welcome you, Jesus, into the midst of that. We welcome you now. Thank you, you are here by your spirit. We welcome you. Go to work, we pray, O oh Lord. Go to work, we pray. Silence the storm, Lord Jesus, we pray. Bring fresh faith, fresh excitement for, for adventure. For some of you, it's just, it's things have just got a bit dull, really, and there's just a fresh call to adventure in God. I pray... 
Lord, that there would be a sense of you taking people by the hand and gathering them up into fresh adventures in you. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Some of you, through disappointment, you've just retracted. It's like you've gone into a shell. So easy to do. And the Lord wants to coax you out of that, back into adventure. And, 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 not, and he's not promising there won't be any more disappointments, but I think He is definitely promising strength to learn how to walk through that well and to come into a real flourishing. So Lord, we just pray, let your grace, let your grace and your power, Lord, just fill people's hearts. Let there be a real sense of hope rising. Hope rising, even joy where it's not feel like it's been there for months or even years. Let there be a sense of joy being starting to just... Uh, on the horizon, something, something coming, Lord. We just thank you. We just want to pray for dark clouds, even things caused by oppressive powers to just be blown out of the way by the wind of God, that the sun would begin to shine through into hearts and minds. In the mighty name of Jesus, we speak resurrection and new life. Resurrection and new life all across this room. As these guys just stand in the presence of God for a minute or two more, just look around and if you, if you know someone that stood up, just begin just praying for them. You haven't got to go over to them necessarily, they may not want that, but just, just begin praying for them. Just, just ask the Lord to bless them and just welcome the Holy Spirit into all that he's doing. And maybe as we're doing that, the, the band would be able to um, come and uh, we're gonna, I think we're going to end with a song in just a moment. Um, so... But let's just, as you guys are standing, just keep just let, the Lord's ministering to people, and just just let Him do that. There's, there's, just let Him do that. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for your tenderness in this room. You're so mighty, but you're so tender. I think that's an amazing thing, Lord Jesus, how you do that. Help us learn from that. We would grow in tenderness, Lord. We would grow in gentleness. What an example you are, Lord. What an example. What an example. And as we sing through this song, just keep, keep meeting with God. And, and also I'd say if, you've, if you're someone who stood up to come out of the tomb, you know, you think this is a big moment, this was it, I've committed my life to Christ today, then you know, make sure before you leave that you talk, talk about that with whoever you came with. Or if you came by yourself, you can come and find me and I'd love to just chat with you and encourage you. We want to make sure you get well looked after in, the, in this new adventure. So. Well, let's, why don't we all stand with our eyes to God. Let's not, let's not lose this moment. Let's keep our eyes and hearts lifted to him. And I'm sure that through this song, you keep ministering to our hearts.